Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. My name is Andrew Levins. I am Jonathan Valenzuela. And it is, like, this is the most indie game focused part my life has been in a long time. I feel like every day 10 new indie games I want to play come out. How's it, how's uh, just, it been? How's, how's it been to have that focus? It's been difficult considering all the things that I have to feed and keep alive in my life. Right, uh, sure. Tamagotchis. But, we're maintaining. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been hitting the credits on a couple indies. It's been feeling Oof. good. The pressure of uh, of these must plays coming out is uh, is kind of hitting me, but it's a good way. It's, it's a good place to be. It's good to have. Um, it's good to have like at least a list of like when you finish a game, you don't have that void of like, oh shit, what I'm going to play now. You're like, cool, I know exactly what I'm going to next, or I have a menu that I get to choose from. Yeah, it's it's yeah a smorgasbord. Yeah. Um, so on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a short hike, which just made it to uh, Switch in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're also going to be talking about um, the Eternal Castle Remastered, which is a fake game from the 80s that was remastered uh, in 2019 and came out for PCs and just made it to Switch in the last week as well. Um, John has been playing Spiritfarer, which is a game mm. on my to play eventually list. Um, yep. Let's. Uh, so these are the games that are already on my Switch. Um, I have uh, Phenotopia Awakening, the uh, Metroidvania that came out last week. Looking Ooh. forward to that. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Raji and Ancient Epic, and we'll uh, review that properly when, once I've finished it. Um, Evergate, I spoke about briefly last week. So they're all new games that have made their way onto uh, onto my Switch that I haven't played yet. Right. Okay. Um, I, I've also got No Straight Roads, um, which is like this uh, bonkers, like super... Um, polished uh, rhythm brawler about okay. like, these two guys that want to bring back uh, rock and roll in a in a world that only likes EDM, but music powers the city. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah! I know that one. 
It's on Switch yep. this week as well. I got it on PS4 awesome. because I, I figured that would be a game that would just be better on a on a more powerful um, platform. Sure. Um, okay. Then then today or this week um, we have uh, a ton of great games hitting the eShop. Um, I'm just going to go through them all. Uh, because uh, these are all games that we've either talked about in the past or I plan to talk about in the future. Um, Hypnospace Outlaw uh, yep. from No More Robots. I played the demo last week. It's awesome. It just uh, came out today. Um, <clears throat> another um, Apple Arcade game that we enjoyed, called, or you enjoyed, I think, called Jenny LeClue Detective. Okay, yep, that's cool. That, Interesting. That's on the eShop today too. Um, no Straight Roads is out on uh, the eShop. Um, we have um, Struggling, um, one of the uh, crazy platformers that was shown at the end of the last Indie World uh, showcase. Um, okay, cool. That's been made by Frontier. Um, the Last Campfire, which is the latest game by Hello Games, the guys oh. who gave us No Man's Land. Um, no Man's Sky. No Man's Sky, whatever it is. Yeah. No Man's and, Sea. I'm waiting for the trilogy. And finally, a game that I've been looking forward to coming out, uh, it's, a, it's a game that came out on the PS1 But was never translated uh, into English It's a Japanese game uh, Made by It's been published by the guys at Onion Games We've talked about a few of their games On the podcast Oh in nice, the past. okay uh, yeah, Dandy yeah, yeah. Dungeon and Blackbird Was the one you played And Million um, Onion Hotel That's right um, They just released Moon today This uh, oh. It's been described as an anti-RPG and uh, that is definitely a game that I, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting into. It looks totally weird and awesome. Uh, these are As guys a- that like the like the 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 director of it also directed, um, or like someone who worked on it also was like one of the main people working on um, Little King Story, which is an amazing RPG kind of uh, almost like a Pikmin game actually uh, on on Wii. Um, and uh, they, they all kind of worked on a couple of them worked on. Super Mario RPG and like this the the amount of amazing Japanese games that this team of three people worked on that are now working at Onion Games publishing this game that they all worked on. Um, they all worked on the, a game called Tulip as well. Have you heard of that game? Um, no, I haven't. Look up Tulip after we uh, stop recording. It's spelt real weird. It's like C is it C I U L I P something like that. It's a very uh, Tulip very. Okay. Very strange game, very polarizing uh, game that people. Okay, I, I have no idea what the fuck it was called. <laughs> right, I don't know how to spell it. Just think of the worst way to spell tulip possible, and that's how they spelled tulip. Um, okay, here we go. It's it's spelled C H U L I P. Yep. Okay, that makes sense phonetically. It, that came out on PS2, and like, which is just this like totally weird pre Animal Crossing. Game. I think like a game where you have to kiss everybody. Ooh, <laughs> it's like count me, count me. Known in. as the kissing game. Hopefully Smooch. they put that on the Switch next. Oh hell yeah! Uh, there's one other game that's come out. I think today or yesterday that uh, is missing from your list. Understandably, because I know it's not really up your alley. But Wasteland Three has just been released, and uh, I was part of the Kickstarter for this game, or the whatever it is, Fig, the other the other kickstarting platform for games. So I've been eagerly getting all the updates over the last fuck two years i think and just just earlier this week they were like here's your key and i was like hell yes so i think this is uh this is the game that i'm going to uh, inaugurate my new laptop with Excellent. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into it over the next week and talking about it um i also missed uh retro classics two in one bad dudes and two crude dudes oh whoa um, it's a great a, it's a great week for dudes. Bad dudes is the are you bad enough dude to rescue yeah, the course. president? Um but uh, I've never heard of two crude dudes. 
play one of two hulking mercenaries hired by the American government to stop the Big Valley terrorist organization take back control of post-apocalyptic New York City. There you go. I wonder what makes him him crude. (laughs) Maybe they just say, give me a break, like Raphael in the opening credits to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles and smear pizza on the camera. You know how he was. Crude as hell. Press Um, X to smear pizza on camera. I'm also debating whether I should go in on this game called Chinese Parents. <laughs> there's, a, there's a game on, on Switch. Okay. I've, uh, yeah, I've seen it in the eShop, yeah. It's I've, called I... Chinese Parents. Uh, and it is... Um, it, it explores the relationship between children and parents from birth to adults. But I think it might also be like a legacy game, like your, your children grow up to become Chinese parents of their own. Right. I don't know. No matter no matter what about... race they were starting with, they grow up to be yeah. Chinese parents. So it's like Rogue Legacy, kind of. Yeah, I mean, this... but it's it, it's like a weird kind of simulation, like role playing sim kind of game with like puzzles in it. I'm very okay. intrigued by it. I'm, you know, next next time I record, you're going to be like, "Oh, how's Spirit Fair going, Levens?" I'm like, "I don't know, but I am a, I've I've been ten different Chinese parents in the last week." Amazing. I Just look so, forward to such it. Such a wild name for a game. I love it. Chinese parents. <laughs> Is um, that the, it's Guns N' Roses' follow-up to Chinese democracy. <laughs> um, that's the only like uh, that's the only link in your head to China. That's well, <laughs> the Guns I mean, N' Roses album. <laughs> like Chinese and then noun, sure. <laughs> um, so we uh, are not going to talk about any of those games yet. No. Because this week uh, we're going to be talking about um, a short hike. Spirit Fairer and the Eternal Castle remastered. Um, now, only one of those games has been finished by both of us, and that yes. is a short hike. So let's get um, into it. Yeah, it's an extremely beautiful, pleasant game. Um, also, it lives up to the name. It's pretty damn short. Yeah, but not it, in a way that you're just, like, oh, it's oh, over. It's oh, like you're like, oh, I did it. That's I, this is. I am in no way making this as a judgment call. The shortness. I'm just commenting that you know it does what it says on the box. It's it's a it's a beautiful one to two hour experience. That that um, I I finished it and was like I think I still had a couple of things left. Like there are little areas that I could still explore, but I sort of was like I'm happy to like leave it here essentially. Like I might go back at some point and take a look around, but. But yeah, I, I, you know, it was the perfect, the perfect uh, uh, dessert after finishing Blasphemous. Oh yeah, we should talk about that quickly. You finished Blasphemous. Uh, you, yeah. You spent the mo- most of a day trying to get past that final boss. Very, and you, and you actually finished it with greater completion than I did. So well done. Yeah, because I, well, I, it's, I didn't actually spend the whole day trying to get past the boss. I took a few runs at it and went. I'm going to backtrack and pick up a few more upgrades that I might have missed out on. And that took like the better part of two days because I kept kind of going like, oh, and I could do this as well. Oh, but I missed this. Oh, I can go and do that. And then finally I was like, let's do this. Great. Um, and yeah, those last like the like because your final boss battle, was it just the like the night that was very similar to you standing on top of the the Arch Cathedral root drops? No, then you get this like crazy dude who can like fire um, lightning bolts and shit at you. It's a okay, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So I um, that one took me a few goes as well. Uh, but yeah, overall, like some satisfying boss battling to end that game off, and then yeah. just a, a fucking bleak ending to it. 
But and the funny thing is, you got the good ending. I, that you yeah. can always hold that above me because now, if I want to go and get the good ending, because I've started New Game Plus, I'm at the beginning of the game, and, and the enemies are harder, and there's less places to save. So I probably will never see the good ending of Blasphemous. Well, uh, you, you may lord that over me until the day you die. I, I'm very curious what the bad ending is based on what the good ending is. So maybe not spoiling on the record. At some other point, <laughs> we'll discuss it. Um, but anyway, a short hike, short a hike. polar opposite, a polar opposite of Blasphemous. Um, yeah. you, this was uh, designed uh, by one Canadian designer called uh, Adam Griu. Griu, Adam mm-hmm. Griu, um, and uh, yeah, it came out last year. Um, published July th- by, um, yeah, published July by 30th Humble last year. Yeah, public, uh, PC only to begin with, but just made its debut on Switch. I think Switch is the only other platform it's on currently. Uh, yeah, it's on Mac as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I lump Mac under just PCs, person, you know. Um, I mean, I, I do that sometimes too, and then I buy a Steam game for twenty dollars, and then realize I can't play it. So sure, we should never uh, had that. We... Never had that problem. <laughs> um, so in in a short hike, you play. Can you remember the character's name? Claire. Uh, Claire. You play as Claire, uh, a, a young bird who. You, the start of the game, you wake up from a nap in a cabin in like a kind of national park and you go out and you talk to your auntie who's uh, a park ranger. Guess what the aunt's name is? She happens to Maya. share... May. May. Yeah, that's Aunt right. May. Aunt May. Just like, just like Peter. I reckon it's canonically the same Aunt May. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so Claire is Spider-Man's sister. Right. Bird, bird girl. Yeah. Um, and she, you're sort of like... You, through through conversation, you find out that like Claire Claire isn't maybe feeling too great uh, mentally. She's a bit worried about something. She's trying to get a phone call, uh, or she's waiting for a very important important phone call. And her aunt suggests, "Well, look, why don't you hike up to the top of the peak?" What's all the names have just fallen out of my brain. I can't remember Hawk Peak. That's right, Hawk yep, Peak. Yeah, Hawk Peak. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you hike to the top of Hawk Peak? It's something that our family has always kind of done. It'll help clear your head. It's a great walk, and maybe you can get phone reception up there. And you say, "Cool," and off you go. Um, there's a problem, though. Um, there's lots of obstacles on your way up to Hawk Peak. Um, the biggest of which is uh, you don't have the stamina to either climb or fly all the way to the top. Um, and so you basically it, it, you you can tr- try and take as, as direct a route up up the mountain as, as possible, but the more you stray from the path and find fun activities and little mini things to do, you'll get feathers and feathers allow you to climb uh, walls for longer and also allows you to uh, swoop up when you're flying. Well, it allows um, you, you can, you can flap your wings to kind of get height. Essentially. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Cause the, the actual gameplay in this game is so satisfying. Um, you know, you, you jump with a, but if you hold a, you immediately start gliding and uh, yeah, when you have feathers, you can flap to to basically fly higher in the air. Yeah, and goddamn, it's so satisfying to glide. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, it's I loved finding really high places and just leaping off and going for like long glides around the map, kind of thing. Yeah, and then you find like little shortcuts to different parts of the mountain. So it never, even if you fly all the way from the bo- the top to the bottom, it doesn't take too much longer to get all the way back up there. There's um. Like fun things you can unlock that allow you to like open up different parts of, of the mountain and the park. 
Um, there's all kinds of brilliantly written characters that you meet on your way. And, you know, you have they all want something. You have to find it or you have to race them or you have to find things for them. Uh, it's did you, it's did just you such have, a... Did you have favorite characters? Um, I loved I had... the park ranger. Yeah. Uh, and I loved uh, the the dude who was like l- like just camping in the middle of the park without a permit. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I had my two favorites were the kid who was building sandcastles. Yep. And you like you get him a small shovel so he can build better sandcastles, and he builds like a sand town, and runs for mayor and comes third, which was <laughs> just so. I was like I laughed out loud at that point. And then there's you don't really do anything for him. There's like a frog lying on a beach on a beach towel, uh, but he's just like he's daydreaming about breakfast. Yeah. And there's there's like there was one point like there's one bit of dialogue that I wish I screenshot where he's like, "Dang, you ever thought about pancakes?" And I was just like, "Perfect. This is perfect writing. <laughs> this is a ten out of ten experience every damn day, frog." Yeah. Uh, yes, I played this game uh, with my son Archie, who is six, and. Uh, I, you know, he did some of the walking around and then the, the trickier parts of the platforming I would do and the flying. Um, but it, it is such a good game to play with someone younger than you or like, I feel like it's charming enough that you could play it with someone who doesn't necessarily play games very often. Yeah. Um, charming is the, the, the most apt description of this game. Um, yeah, it's super, super charming. Like I, I really enjoyed my time with it. Anytime I came across a new character, there was that little like bit of excitement of like, ooh, what, you know, what are they going to ask me to do? What are they going to talk about? You know, just, which is something that I, you know, you kind of rarely get with some games. Sometimes you just wind up with a slog of like, oh, this is just going to be... Fetch quest this is just, this is just Fetch quest or it's just going to, it's going to push the story forward a little bit or it's going to be, you know, I've talked, I've, I've spoken to three people and they've all said the same thing. Every character in this was kind of fully realized and really fun to talk to. It was great to go off the beaten path and, and like, explore and find coins or chests or all kinds of stuff. Like, it just really, it really pushed that, that, that sense of exploration. It has, a, yeah, it, has totally. it has fishing in it. Love yep. any game. Love any game that features fishing. There's a, the, the Switch version um, is the first version of this game that has a, a, a speedboat that you can rent um, and uh, you just kind of like hoon around in the water around the mountain um, and you can even crash it into various areas of the mountain as well. Um, you can play See, volleyball. I, you can, I uh, missed you can... the speedboat, so that's something i got to go back in and, and try to Yo, find. Oh, you've got to explore the Yellow Islands, dude. Yeah, because that's, that's the called, thing. Yeah. There's, no, there's no map in this game. There's not like you can't click the minus button and get an idea of where you are on the island and where you're mm. going and that kind of stuff. You really just got to try, like, remember where, you know, where you've been before and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it yeah. just, I've, I found my, like, it, it's signposts, there are signposts all over the place, which are really handy for being like, oh, okay, I know which way I need to go. But it's, if you're a completionist, it might be a little bit hard without, like, a guide on the internet to, to tick that box. Yeah, but even still, I feel like to do a completionist run of this, it would probably be like a three, four hour long game. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so it's, it's and that with that in mind, I probably will do it just because I love being in the world. It's like I would compare it to Untitled Goose Game in that like it's relatively simple and quick, but there's so much to do once you finish the bulk of the game, and it's just so much fun spending time in this like gorgeous little town and talking to the characters. Yeah, definitely. 
or um, honking at the characters in Goose Game's case. Sure, of course. You're you're a lot less mischievous in this as well. Yeah, very helpful. And um, yeah. the so the the the, the visuals are uh, it's kind of like faux pixels. I think the best description I could give it is it looks like a like a DS game, um, like this kind of like rendered cartoon, um, like pixel rendered cartoon look. Uh, it looks gorgeous. I played this one on the TV, and uh, it just man, it was such a gorgeous game. I just can't get over well, how beautiful it looked. You actually, I went into the options, and you have the choice of if you want like big chunky pixels or smaller oh, really? pixels. So, like the big chunky one gives it that really kind of retro look to it. But the smoother one is like just kind of more pleasant on the eye, maybe. Yeah, I might maybe I'll maybe I'll do a chunky run, do it all yeah. chunk. Hell yeah. Um, but the music's great too. The music is by a dude called Mark Sparling. And um, I'll be uh, playing one of my favorite songs from the game at the end of this episode. So look forward to that. Um, and uh, I think the story, I'm obviously talking about the dialogue writing is great. But also the, even though it's, you know, it's a very short little little thing of, you know, essentially it's like Celeste Light. It's about, yes. you know, a, a girl climbing a mountain. Uh, but when you get to the top, there's a really quite emotional beat. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, I, the best thing, I, actually, the best thing about playing with my son and and convincing my wife that it was an educational experience was that um, I made Archie be Claire, and then I was all the other characters. So whenever the text came out, when, you, when with all the dialogue, he read her her dialogue, and I read all the other characters' dialogue in different voices. And ah, uh, that's real cute. the The character that the character that you speak to when you get to the top of the mountain and the conversation they had, it actually had us both kind of choking up because it's so sweet and nice, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no spoilers. It's it's the sort of thing that you know you you need to kind of experience yourself. But I mean, I I was the same. I I was playing it solo, but even I was kind of like, damn, that's you know that's real nice. This is this is intensely wholesome. Yeah, this is gonna probably be, this is my nicest nicest game of 2020 so far. Yeah, um, and yeah. like I said, coming coming off the back of like you know performing executions in a weird. Spanish Catholic medieval setting it was just like oh man this is just washing away all the like all the blood and all the you know stuff ooh real nice I'll holiday here any day so uh what was the the more relaxing game to play after uh finishing Blasphemous was it um a short hike or was it Spiritfarer uh I'd definitely say a short hike even though Spiritfarer is in its own way shape and form very wholesome um, so Spiritfarer is, uh, it's a new game by Thunder Lotus, uh, who I, I think it might be their first game. Hold on. I, I've pulled up a window with information so I don't have to make typing sounds during the, <laughs> the, the episode. Um, yeah, I believe it's their, their first game. Um, no, I could be wrong. Uh, anyway, who cares? Uh, so basically it's a game <laughs> where you play as a young woman called Stella, who, along with her cat, Daffodil, um, the game starts with you essentially being, uh, being, you know, made the new, like, ferryman of the dead, essentially. Your job is to, like, pick up the souls of people in this, in this kind of strange dreamlike world, um, on, on your boat and sort of make them comfortable and make them happy and make them ready to kind of move on to the next thing. Or the next, you know, whatever follows the afterlife, essentially. So it's it's kind of it's a management game. I I feel like it's very very similar to something like Stardew Valley, 
where you know you can farm you can mine you can craft a bunch of stuff there's a lot of resource gathering there's a lot of resource kind of uh refining uh all all for the service of building um building structures on your boat that allow you to either comfortably house the spirits that you're ferrying through the afterlife or to make like a kitchen or a foundry or a you know a place to sort of uh you know work with work with fibers to make fabric that kind of stuff you can upgrade all of these things to make them all a bit more um uh efficient or nicer for the people that you're ferrying it's um <clears throat> it's also a little bit animal crossing ish i guess the whole the whole thing is kind of um like a side-scrolling platformer as well. That's how you move through the world. Yeah, and you, I hear you can like upgrade. There's like upgrades to like um, your the, like what you can do in a platforming that you get from like doing certain quests and all that kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of upgrades you can get to your your movement. Yeah. So you can then access new areas and that kind of thing. So I've just that's I, what that that's the kind that really appeals to me. I've I've held back from calling it a Metroidvania, but I have <laughs> I have so far unlocked a double jump. And a glide uh, in my th- in in how I'm able to move around. And you're right; it does kind of help you unlock new areas in the world, or you know, allows you to access areas that you might have seen before but weren't able. Uh, and the way how does the uh, rate the gliding out of um, a short hike and spirit fair? Oh, it's, it's come on, man! A short hike is way better. But you're a bird in a short hike; you expect to be able to glide well. <laughs> I mean, for for a young lady, I, I glide pretty damn good, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the sort of thing where like I've realised that I'm an absolute sucker for for games that involve resource collection, um, sure. especially when it's like it's it's sort of like oh, to get this upgrade, you need to have this many of this mineral and this many of this timber and that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, cool. All right, let's do this. I love having a, I like a shopping list. I know where I'm going. I like it when the shopping lists that I'm given suggest stuff that I don't have yet. So I need to keep exploring to try find this stuff. Um, it just really, for some reason that really, I can sit there and happily just gather resources for hours. Um, which in that way is kind of it's similar to your Animal Crossings or your Stardew Valleys. With this, I enjoy it because it's a lot more kind of wrapped up in in quests and narrative. Like yep. in my in my efforts to make the the residents of my boat happy, because all of my residents, like as you talk with them, you realize that they're all kind of dealing with trauma from their past. So it might be like a bad relationship they had with their family, or you know, something that a friend did to them once, or so, or you know, things along those lines. And you part of part of helping them get ready to move on is like helping them to confront these issues and, and working through them with them. So it's got that kind of very like wholesome, but there's a there's a hint of kind of darkness to it. In much the same way in Stardew Valley, there's like there's a character who struggles with alcohol, and so in the middle of this very nice game, you're suddenly dealing with a very kind of dark kind of topic. Um, which I think is is a really sort of interesting way to go about it. It's not all sweetness and light. It does have a little kernel of realism in it. But um, I'm not terribly far into it. I've just ushered my first soul, uh, you know, off to the next part of the the, um, the afterlife. And I still have like three or four people on my boat. So I've got a ways to go. But you got a lot of people to kill. Got a, yeah, got a lot of people to, to murk in this game. Um, 
but yeah, Grim it's, Fandango. There's like a whole um, uh, vibes, kind of yeah. Except that you're you're helping them on their journey instead of just sending them off with a fucking walk yep. with a walking stick. But um, I mean, it's a it's a giant map that I'm working through with with more more parts that I'm unveiling all the time, and I need to upgrade my boat. Like I I tried to get to one island and there's like an ice wall in the way, so I need to upgrade my boat to be able to break through ice. Um, yeah, it's it's currently looking like. I'm going to be playing this one for quite for a while, but I think it's the sort of thing where I might pop it down, play some other stuff that's maybe a bit more linear and tightly focused, and then come back to this for a nice kind of you know calming experience every once in a while. I am happy to report yeah. you can fish in it. Oh, great, awesome! And, Lots of fishing today, and also and also cooking. You can cook in it, and I've, I quite like, you know, the cooking system's very easy. It's just combining two different ingredients, but, you know, there's a lot of sort of um, variety in that, and it's always nice to discover a new dish because you, you need to feed the people in your boat as well, and they have particular favorite foods and foods that they dislike, so you're kind of trying to work out what you should be feeding them. Um, yeah, look, if, if you are a person who played and enjoyed Stardew Valley, and that's why you're like, a game I'll play eventually, I'm like, hmm, <clears throat> if you if you haven't played Stardew Valley, I'm not sure if it's for you essentially. But if you have played Stardew Valley, if, if dear listener, then give this a go. It's it's quite fun. Mm, there's an endlessness to Stardew Valley that 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 doesn't appeal to me. Whereas this is like, while it's a very big game, I think it's like you know it's it's twenty twenty plus hours the the, the main the main story. Yeah. Um, uh, it's something that the, obviously the animation style is very appealing to me. Oh yeah, and the overall production, um, and uh, but yeah, like I mean, I guess like the platforming elements, the story. I think this feels like a very different game to Stardew Valley f- from from me on the outside looking in. Sure, definitely. I think I'd much more be much more likely to play it than Stardew. Um, I was hesitant to to drop forty five bucks on it, but uh, look, this is a, this is a much bigger. Um, game than what we normally talk about on the show, so it's probably something that I will be dropping, dropping my my, my ducats, nice ducats, yeah, sure, uh, <laughs> uh, on on at some point. I'm never going to describe money using that word again. Um, um, maybe but, maybe uh, I John Del- hang out for a sale. Uh, to let you know, uh, Thunder Lotus, the the devs and publishers have also done um, Sundered, okay, um, and then another game called like um, like Jotun, yep, like Jotunheim. Yotun, so they're, and they're both on Steam and everywhere else. I think. Yeah, um, I got I got to research yeah. harder before I do these episodes. This is uh, Spirit Spiritfarer is the game that at night, just before I go to sleep, I'm like, oh, got to buy Spiritfarer. Right. Okay. So I, pro- I bet I bet I have it by the time we record next. Sure. I, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> cool. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. 
That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Um, so, <clears throat> final game we're going to be talking about on this episode is um, a game that I finished within half an hour of, uh, sorry, 35 minutes before we recorded uh, this episode. Um, and it's a game called The Eternal Castle Remastered. And uh, the kind of narrative behind this game is that it is a game that was made in 1987. Um, and it's uh, like, you know, a two-bit, I think the style of, like it's like an MS-DOS action game um, made with uh, CGA colors. So like it looks like a like an Atari or a DOS game from the 80s. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of, they pitched this as like a, as a remaster of a forgotten MS-DOS game uh, in the same style as like the first Prince of Persia game or um, Another World. <coughs> um, like, you know, very, very um, kind of difficult uh but simple action games from that era. Um, but actually this is a game uh, that was made um, brand new um, last year. It came out for the first time last year in January for, uh, for PC and Mac. Um, the developers and pub- it's been published by TFL studios and Playsaurus and uh, the dev team. Uh, I think it's, it, I've got, it's got a bunch of names here, but uh, we'll, 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 I'm going to open the site. I'll, I'll get it eventually. Sure. Um, but like yeah, like we talk a lot, a lot about a lot. I mean, I do especially a lot of eight-bit games, sixteen-bit games. But this is a two-bit game. This is a very, very uh, primitive-looking game that um, has like utilizes no more than I think the most colors you ever see on screen at any one time is four. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, the, the team members. Um, it was made by Le- Leonard. Menciari, uh, Julio Perone, and Daniele Vincinanzo. Um, so I, I guess an Italian game. <laughs> and uh, definitely, I'd say. <laughs> um, have you seen screenshots or actually you've played a little bit? Of this, I, right? I had a so so in my kind of standard role as the schlamazel of this podcast. I um I fired this game up because I finished finished a short hike and I had Spiritfarer and I had Eternal Castle as the ne- as my next plays and I've I've been looking forward to Eternal Castle for a while so I fired it up and my switch was like right remove the Joy Cons and I was like well hold on a minute what the hell I'm like trying to get it to just go with the Joy Cons intact and it's like nah remove the Joy Cons. So it's like 10.30 at night, I'm, I'm you know, just on my couch. I like, ugh, sigh, pull the Joy-Cons off. And I played maybe 20, 20 to 30 minutes of it. But then the next day when I'm on the bus headed to work, I'm sitting there going, well, I don't want to take the Joy-Cons off now. This is a really annoying place to use it, not in proper handheld mode. And I switched to Spiritfarer. And, of course, then 
you know, a couple of days later, deep into Spiritfarer, I have a conversation with you where I'm like, yeah, I'm really annoyed that I need to remove the Joy-Cons. And you're like, no, you don't. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Never listen to your Switch. Yeah, so oh. I'm, I'll have to return and see what happened there. But I've, I've had like, I've played through that first kind of opening bit and then just opened the sort of map where you have three options to choose where to go. You're like, oh, dude, I, I want to play more, but I have to play it with uh, the Ring Fit Adventure Ring and a Dance Dance Revolution map. <laughs> it's just, it's not very practical. Yeah, how much, um, just picture me on the bus doing that. Horrible. Uh, so, like, I could spend a long time talking about how beautiful this game looks, uh, in spite of how, uh, like, you know, primitive the uh, the the aesthetic is that they're, that they're going for with they it. They really, they really the, do uh, the a plot. lot with a little. Oh, it's insane. I mean, obviously, you would never find a game in that era that looked as good as this. Sure. They, 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 um, like, all of the animations, they're like, they're, it's like rotoscoped. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's, so, that was the same as, like, Another World was rotoscoped as well. Yeah, I just... I, I, and I, There are so many moments where I was, I was just absolutely wowed uh, by what this game shows you. It's crazy. So, basically, you start by choosing your gender... Uh, I play it as a, as a lady space woman and um, she, she gets a, that's a great superhero. She, she gets name. reunited lady space woman. <laughs> uh, uh, so she, she gets reunited with her, um, with a busted up spaceship. And then uh, you basically have to choose from three different locations. So it's nonlinear. It doesn't matter which one you choose to do first. Um, so there are, the Forgotten City, the Ancient Ruins, and those are... One of them is like a war one where you have, like, soldiers that come with you. And at one point, there's a sniper um, that you have to try and, like, dodge. Um, and then the other one is, like, more of a like a, a, a brawling level where you're, like... Basically, like, you have to just, just punch your way through that level, basically. Hell yeah. Um, and then the highlight, the third place you can pick to go to is the Unholy Church. And the Unholy Church is like a horror-themed one Ooh. where you like you have to like run away from monsters. And I don't want to spoil what happens in that one, but there is like... Save that one till... Actually, I don't know. I, I think there is like... There must be a... I would save that one till last just because that had like the coolest moments for me. Sure. <laughs> but... <sighs> So you find different things in each of the levels that you then keep for the rest of the game. Yeah. So I'm sure there is like the best way to play this game in which you get this upgrade first and then that upgrade later. And like, because one of them was like, uh, you get like ammo. Um, So actually it probably makes sense to get the Unholy Church first because um, you get like ammo related ones there, but I didn't use a gun from that point forward right because i said that one till last so look there's there's my little tip hot for you, tips John. hot tips um uh w- upon completing those three you then unlock a final level with uh multiple bosses and uh like you know the movement in this is it is primitive you are like you know you're you're moving left and right and then if you hold up beneath a platform you jump up and you can climb up onto it or you can like you know jump across a, a ledge then catch something then drop down or swing that kind of thing um if you uh the left trigger aims the right trigger shoots but the most of your combat is done like hand-to-hand combat or maybe you're holding a a melee weapon um i cannot believe this is a masterpiece of a game i think if you are someone who plays games that that you really want them to be different each time. Like this feels like such an awesome point of difference to every other game that I've played this year. And you know, when you play a game that tries to do something and you just can't imagine it, it, it doing it better than it has. 
Like it is just so successful in its attempt to recreate and renew interest in this like you know very old style game. Yeah. Uh, while also maintaining its yeah its its re- its relevance in 2020 as a genre that can you know still pre- present an, an interesting game. Um, this is going to be one of my favorite games of the year, I think. Dope. And maybe even another game that, like, I, I like. I just finished it, and I know there's so much lore and stuff that I missed, and so many things that I missed. I want to kind of. I hope there's like weird fan groups or Discord servers or something like that dedicated to the secrets uh, within this game because there's so many in it. Well, I didn't unlock all the cool upgrades you can get, uh, but I, might, I I probably will do multiple runs of this game. I think I think now that I've I know what to do, I could probably finish it. In like 90 minutes or less Okay uh, But I probably played like just under three hours um, On my first way through Did you I remember at the beginning There was like a screen with A block of text on it That yeah. took me Did you Did you read it? I read it but I'd kind of Like, like I, I didn't retain any, any of that It was Yeah it, it, so. was, it was super difficult to read But it was just like It spelled out kind of what was happening Like Very sci-fi kind of setting Where You know Humanity has left Earth, but they need... And Earth got wiped out, but the colony on Mars needs resources, so they sent all these, like, scavengers back, and most of them disappeared. Because that's that's what your character's doing. You're going back to Earth to find one of the scavengers who's, like, your partner or something like that. Um, yep. But, yeah, I'm, I'm yep. super, like... You, you, because we yeah, were chatting. You'll fucking love this game, dude. Yeah, you'll like you. This game will blow your dick off. <laughs> no, my dick. Um, yeah, no. I look. Like I said, I feel like an idiot finding out that you can play it with the Joy Cons attached. Because when it did that to me, I was like, oh, why? <laughs> but um, yeah. Look, I think I think I'll play a bit more Spiritfarer, but then I'm gonna absolutely wade into the Eternal Castle. There's so many games at the moment, Levens. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, why, where were these games, you know, yeah, sp- three, six to three months ago? Spread like, yeah. it, because I really want to play Hypnospace Outlaw. I really want to play Wasteland 3. Like, there's just so many games backing up at the moment. But um, look, of, of the games that I talked about today, I would say I would recommend A Short Hike to everyone. Definitely. Like, I genuinely think that that's one of the games that everyone can enjoy. Um, but if you are someone that like you know loves this podcast, loves the the idea of independent game makers making whatever the fuck they want, like doing these like you know passion projects that wouldn't get funded by main uh, you know big AAA publishers, then I could not recommend um, the uh, the Eternal Castle. The Eternal- Eternal Castle Remastered more. It's such a unique and awesome experience that only indie games can give you. And um, I, I, I just like yeah. Obviously, like it, it's not as fluid as as you know other platformers or other games that we're used to. There is a learning curve, I guess, in just getting used to the way your character moves. And there's a lot of moments where you're like, "Fuck, what am I supposed to do in this?" But you just push forward, like, and obviously, like yeah, like the graphical choice does offer a few moments where you're like what am i looking at but that adds to the 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 mystery of this game um i think it's remarkable what they're able to convey as you like you know duck in and out of shadows you're only you can only see like the the brief outline of your like pixelated figure uh man what a special and cool and unique game uh i couldn't recommend it any higher for the real ones and it's genuinely difficult too especially some of like I, i came across a boss in one of the levels that uh, I could not beat, and he's like. I think there's there's like optional enemies. Oh that right, you can, that you can try and take down in this game. I don't know what you get if you beat him, 
but I'm going to fucking find out. Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, will will you be uh, circling back nowish while it's fresh, or will you move on to new games and then come back in a while? I'm gonna do some reading, okay, and then, uh, and 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 uh, we'll see. It might be something that I just hop back into because I, I because of the linear the non-linearity means I can select to go to the world that I want to go to first that I didn't last time. Get yeah yeah, power through it. Fuck man, what a cool game! There's like a boss fight where you have to take down one enemy. While avoiding the attacks of another, like so, two bosses basically. One enemy that you have to take down to get the upgrade that will allow you to finish the level, while another enemy that you've faced earlier in that level that you can't really fight enough because he destroys you so quickly. So you have to avoid his attacks while focusing your attacks on the other boss. Damn. And they can harm each other. Fucking the coolest idea for a level. Hell yeah! So great. That sounds great. Well, yep. I will be. I will be diving into this pretty damn soon. Fully, I've I've dipped my toe in, I've taken my socks yep. off, I've had a paddle. Now it's time to uh, now it's time to get up to the armpits. Yeah, well, looking forward to hear what you think. Um, looking forward to whatever the fuck I decide to play next. There's see. just so much choice yeah. at the moment, and it's a good place to be. It'd be wild if I came back and was like, Eternal Castle was shit. What are you talking about, Levens? I, there is genuinely no way. Of I think you might complain about certain sections. Like, uh, yeah, okay, if you want some actual criticism of how this game could be better, there were moments, and I'm sure PC players, like playing on a less powerful computer, would probably have experienced this more than I did. But there are moments where, like, there is. The, 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 it chugs a lot yeah. Like the sniper The sniper mission And one of the The second last boss um, uh, They both chugged a little bit But I, I kind of Just pushed through It was okay yeah. You know it wasn't, that, I, Hopefully they, they smooth that out In the future But That um, kind of stuff yeah. It is what it is Yeah But it is Yeah It was, it was a bit confusing Because it's like You know this game is is a two bit game. You know how why is it experiencing problems playing this on on my Switch? See, that's funny using the phrase two bit because I just associate with I associate that with the like you lousy no good two bit hoodlum. <laughs> Here's some feedback for the um, game: well, a fifth color. <laughs> no way, dude. No. no way. Keep it pure. Less. There's a bit where it like where it switches palettes. Uh, like, oh, I didn't want to spoil it for you. I can't wait for you to play it. There's a, like for a game that when you first start playing it, you're like, oh, is this like one of those weird old throwback puzzle platformers? Okay, there's actually like a number of set pieces that I normally would like. You know, I use that word. I I say set piece when I talk about like Uncharted or like The Last of Us. Sure. You know what I mean? This this game had the two bit equivalent of the you know crazy. Big set pieces from Uncharted, right? Which is a, which is bonkers. Sweet, a really really sick game, man. Cool. Um, the best, the best shit. Um, that's it for the episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, we are at all the small games at gmail.com Send us an email. We might do an email episode soon once we wade through all these goddamn indie games. Yeah. Uh, we also have a Facebook page which you can find at facebook.com slash all the small games and a Twitter account at all the small game. Come yell at us somewhere on the internet. Uh, you can even do it individually. John is at 16 Tacos. I am at LevDog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Yell at us there individually or both at once. It's fine by us. Just yell. Um, That's all we want. Just yell. Yell into the into the sky like you mean it. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week for some more motherfucking indie games. Hell yeah. Bye, everyone.
Let's count down. Cool. cool. Five. Five. Four. Four. Three. Two. two one. one. Hey, do everybody. These, <laughs> what's wrong? Do these countdowns make it onto the episodes? No, sometimes. No, I don't, I don't do it anymore because uh, it works when Angus and I do it over FaceTime because there's no lag, but there's lag. Oh, right. So, yeah, I don't think there's any need to. I, I just cause, Because there's a, a, a natural moment where you speak and I don't at the beginning, it makes sense. So Sure. Yeah. But this is all yeah. going on the episode, right? Uh, maybe I'll put it at the end of the episode. Cool. All right, thanks, the thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.